we just want to go to a scripture in the book of Isaiah. God's holy word to his holy people. Father, I pray today that I can speak with the authority that your word has. That I may speak, therefore, as an oracle of God. Father, that we may not speak anything but what your word says. We may explain it, expound on it, but we dare not change it. Let it stand the way you said it, for it's going to stand forever. It will outlast time itself. It reaches into all eternity. Heaven will pass away. Earth will pass away. We surely will pass away from this physical world if Jesus tarries. But your word will abide forever. Ever. So let me speak as an oracle of God today. And, and Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you right here and right now in this holy moment. Let my tongue be the pen, therefore, of a ready writer. Speak to me that you might speak through me in the name of Jesus Christ, that we might hear more than a, a prepared message that is cute and, and appropriate and, 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 and cut and dried, but we might hear what the Spirit says to the church, that we might have an ear to hear and that you may speak to us in Jesus. Jesus name and everyone said amen and amen I love the word of God because if we read it as it's written and we don't try to read anything into it or leave anything out or try to explain it away or apologize for anything that God said now to be an apologist means you defend the word of God it means you don't say I'm sorry because God said some things you don't like an apologist means someone like Ravi Zach Zacharias, who goes to universities, who debates atheists, who, uh, who defends the, uh, the validity of scriptures, the authority of the Bible, the accuracy of the Bible. There's no book in the world in human history that has been attacked like the Bible has been and is being attacked. Amen. This is a world that fears Satan's kingdom of darkness fears the light that the word of God gives. Amen. David said, Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my pathway. Amen. So the kingdom of darkness fears the light, and we are light bearers, and the word of God giveth light and understanding. I love the way God talks because he doesn't mince words. He speaks clearly, he speaks concisely. And that's why faith can come from the Word of God. When He said, I will never leave you, and you feel like heaven is brass and God is distant, you've got to go back to the truth of God's Word anyway. And say, regardless of what I feel, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. That means the, the senses that tell us everything about this physical world is not what we depend on. Therefore, we must depend on the Word of God. Sight is one of the five senses that tells us everything about the physical world. Sight, smell, touch, feeling, taste, all of those things tell us about the physical world, but nothing about the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is more, uh, more uh, solid <laughs> than, the, than the physical world. An earthquake can cause great edifices to fall and crumble to the ground, but God's word cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. And that's why it's the foundation we need to be on today. All right, let's read this. Fear thou not, verse 10 of Isaiah 41. Let's read down to verse 13, just for a few moments. Fear thou not. Before we go any further, fear not is one of the most frequent terms that is used in Scripture. In the New Testament, it's used many, 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 many times over in one form or another. God knew that we would live in a faulty body, in a fallen world, and we would have a, a fearsome foe. Everybody say a fearsome foe. Now, the devil is, like my wife said, not to be taken lightly. We've understood that. Thank God, though, for the faith that she had in God before fear God tried to worm its way in when she saw a witch doctor putting a curse on the mission house and the mission people uh, as a big fat loser. Now, it's simple to say that, but in actuality, a roaring lion is nothing to trifle with. You've got to watch and be sober. You've got to resist 
from a standpoint of submission to God to overcome him. Because to put it in the plain vernacular of the day, he ain't playing. Amen. He walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. And we are warned not to put any fear in us, but to cause us to stand strong in faith so fear doesn't consume us. We're told, for we wrestle in, in, Hebrews, uh, in Ephesians 6 and verse 10, for we wrestle not. One preacher stopped preaching right there to his congregation. So, so many people had lost the victory. So many people were in danger of losing the victory. So many lives had been shipwrecked and families had been torn apart that, that he said, we don't have to go any further. The reason for lost victory is because we wrestle not. We don't fight the good fight of faith. We don't take the armor. We don't stand. And therefore, the devil wins battles that he was never authorized to win. God will never give him an authority over you if you don't give place to him. And that's why the scripture said, don't give any place to the devil. And that word place is the word terra firma. It's the word for, for a physical, it's like deeding a lot to him. I come from a poor family. I've told you how poor we were. However, we did have an outhouse, but it was a two-seater, and I thought we were doing well. I thought this is the Cadillac of outhouses because it's got two seats. However, I never got in such a t situation where I had to go in there and sit with somebody else. Can you say man? So it didn't matter that it was a two-seater to me. We had a home built by Jim Walter Corporation. We couldn't afford to buy a house, but we owned a lot. I actually borrowed money from my uncle to get the lot, but we owned it. Uh, debt free if you owned your lot debt free they would build you a house a wood frame house unfinished on the inside the electrical wires were run but there was no wall boarding up it was open the bathroom had a curtain we didn't have any uh we didn't have any porcelain facilities but we had uh, this you know we we had this pot in there amen i thought that was pretty neat too because, you know, we, had, we could go indoors and then haul it outdoors to the outhouse. We were getting uptown now, moving up to the east side. Amen. <laughs> but you know why, why he would do that? Why we, he would invest all the money to construct that little two-bedroom frame house on that piece of property without any down payment? He knew if you defaulted on your payments to him, he had a home and property that he could sell and get far more than he invested out of it. Because if you gave that, that land was tied up in that thing. He had access to the land. If you give him the lot, he'll build a house on it. The devil will do the same thing. He'll build a stronghold on the land that you give him. He'll build a stronghold in your life on the land that you give him. Because he that has no authority over you now has gained authority because you've given him authority. And that's why the Bible said in Romans 6 and verse 16, Whoever you yield, your members servants to obey, his servant you are whom you obey. It's not about who you say. Many shall say, Lord, unto Jesus Christ. It's easy to say, Lord. It's easy to say, Jesus is Lord. What's hard to say and mean it is Jesus is my Lord. I don't bow to any other. The devil is no longer my master. Jesus is the Lord of my life. Can you say man? And one thing is for sure. If you decide to serve Christ and not serve the devil, he has no ground. You give no place to him. He can't take what you don't give him. That's why the Bible said if the good man had known what hour the thief would come, he wouldn't have allowed his house to be broken up and everything stolen out of it. If he knew the thief was coming, and he knew the date, and he knew it down to the hour, do you think he would go fishing? If he knew that a thief is coming at, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Monday, is it time to go fishing? Or is it time to get out your shotgun? Who said shotgun? Okay. 
Sicily. Yeah, his, his folks go back to Sicily in Italy. Amen. Don't mess with the DeSalvos. Amen. Or you'll get a salvo. Can you say amen from a shotgun? Get out your weaponry and get ready to defend your home from an intruder who wants and intends to steal, kill, and destroy. See, he's not just coming to take. See, if he can't steal that property that God owns... If you don't give up what God has claimed as His own in your life, hallelujah, amen, the devil can't take it from you, amen. I'd like to leave here today saying and believing and receiving the reality that I am highly favored and well defended. But I've got a part to play in this. For the Bible said we argue not in Ephesians 6.10 against flesh and blood, but powers principalities, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, seeing that this array of spiritual uh, enemies are arrayed against us, take ye the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Now, having done all is not something more you need to do. It means you need to stand in your standing. You need to stand in the reality that when you take God's armor, amen, God's armor is impenetrable by these forces. The shield of faith alone will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. And that's why the devil doesn't want you using your faith. He wants you to, to, to be so filled with fear, worry, anxiety that you fail to use use your faith. And that's why the first words that God spoke to ancient Israel that always had armies wanting to come and take from them. Amen. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not. In these last days, it's going to mark the true church in the last days. Because what is going to mark the world and the tares that are among the wheat, which are really part of the world in the church. Amen. Fear and anxiety. What shall mark His coming just before His coming? Just preceding His coming? There should be wars and rumors of wars. There's always been, but it's talking about the frequency. It's not talking about the fact, but the frequency of them. Like never before. There's always been wars and rumors, but the frequency has increased. The frequency has increased. Earthquakes in diverse places, always been in human history, but the frequency is increasing and is predicted by seismologists that it's going to increase more and more as time goes on. There's a whole lot of earthquakes just waiting to happen. It's almost a joke in California about the big one is coming, but seismologists say it's no joking matter because these great plates that make up the earth, amen, shift from time to time and it's the pressure builds and the plates shift and earthquakes occur in all over the place remember when the tsunami came one easter not too many years ago and wiped out about a hundred thousand people they didn't see it coming the animals knew it was coming there was something intuitive not many animals were killed birds dogs other animals moved inland they sensed something is coming You know what God wants to have within us? That intuitiveness spiritually. Amen. Yes, the day of the Lord hasteneth greatly. It's coming. So the Bible said that there will be wars and rumors of wars. And the frequency, the frequency, the frequency is going to increase. The earthquakes in diverse places, the sea and the waves roaring. Amen. While the earthquakes and tidal waves and those kind of things occur. The sea of humanity. Because out of the sea is where the beasts come. And it's not talking about the ocean. It's talking about the sea of humanity. And the sea and the waves roaring. What, what happens to those that do not trust the Lord? What happens to those who do not repent? David said, my bones are roaring all day long. That conviction that is not responded to 
creates a storm within your heart and your spirit and your mind. And the sea and the waves are roaring. Amen. And the Bible said because of all of these conditions, men's hearts will fail them for fear, for looking at what is coming. This is not unfounded fears. This is not phobias. Looking at what is coming upon the earth. They have what they call a doomsday clock. And they look at the conditions of the world, the possibility of nuclear war, the possibility of, of extreme droughts or extreme floods, and, and, and it moves a little bit closer. They're actually now predicting terrible, terrifying things for the future of this planet. Not just global warming stuff. I'm talking about things that they know are coming upon the earth. They are trying right now to get some kind of, of device. It's like a movie plot. They're trying to get some kind of, of nuclear-delivered device to, to offset an asteroid, should we get in the path of one. One could show up in the universe headed for planet Earth, and the devastation it could bring is beyond anything we could imagine. They, they used a, a number I can't remember, but it was astronomical to say it would be like so, so multiplied atom bombs, atomic bombs, hydrogen bombs. If one asteroid, and it doesn't have to be a big one because of the velocity with which it would hit the Earth and where it would hit in the Earth. And all of these things are fearful things. There are strains right now of bacteria that are resistant to every known antibiotic. They're afraid of these things. This is a fearful world. You cut somebody off in traffic accidentally. You didn't see them. It was an honest mistake. You can get shot and killed because of road rage. You don't have to be in an accident. Just drive in this fallen world with people so wound up so tight and armed to the teeth. It's a fearful world. Diseases. Diseases. All kinds of them. No respecter, don't care if you don't have to be in your, your latter years and your resistance coming down in your body. It hits children, it hits young people, it hits athletes, it hits movie stars. It's a fearful world, men's hearts failing them for fear. So his message to his people is, you're not like anybody else on this planet. You're in this same world with all of these circumstances, but you're not like anybody else. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, for I am with thee. That was the message of Jesus to those who would lay down their lives as martyrs for the, for the cause of Christ and for the cross. Amen. Don't be afraid. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you all the way even unto the end of the age. God is with us because God is for us. Can you say amen? Brother Venable, what if this happens? What if that happens? I'm glad you said that. Here's, here's, what, here's, how, here's how David handled all these what ifs. He said, therefore we will not fear in Psalm 46 and verse 1. Therefore will not we fear though the mountains be removed and cast into the midst of the sea. Come on, that's not a run in your stockings on Sunday morning. Can you say amen? That's not a flat tire on your way to the restaurant today. Come on, this is a calamity. This is a cataclysmic event. He said right in the middle of all of that shaking and quaking, don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen and amen and amen. Don't be afraid when all of those things begin to occur. Fear has always been the enemy of faith. And the alternative to faith is always fear. And there's nothing, nothing that anyone can do regardless of how rich they are to get away from fear. The word fear in the Latin 
And the word worry, actually, which is underpinned by fear, supported by fear. You can't, you can't be filled with anxiety. You can't worry unless you're afraid of something. It's impossible to worry and not be afraid of something. So the root problem of worry is always fear. You say, well, worry is just common. If you had my problems, you'd worry too. Well, we probably would if we didn't trust in God. Without God is to be without hope in this present world. And if you're without hope, you're afraid because you have no one, no recourse. (laughs) So fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to take you and put you in a cubicle. No, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not something for your physical man, but for your spiritual man. It is righteousness. That's why I'm with you. You know He's with us because you're right with God. It's righteousness. It is peace in the time of trouble, in the midst of cataclysmic events. Amen. In the midst of threatenings and persecutions, great peace have they which love thy law. Amen. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I you. Well, what kind of peace does the world give? Thank you for asking. Amen. Look it up in the dictionary. You know what it says in the dictionary? It says the absence of trouble. The cessation of wars. (laughs) My my Bible said we're at war on three fronts right now. Every child of God is at war on three fronts. Amen. The world, we're at war with the world. We're at war with the flesh. And we're at war with the devil. Can you say amen? But we've got a captain that leads us in battle that has never lost a battle. In fact, he's never lost one of his own. He said, everyone that my father gave me. I'm not talking about just churchgoers. I'm talking about people who really got saved. No man comes to me except the father draw them. Come on, come on. You, you, oh, I knew so-and-so. They went to church every Sunday and this happened to them. Well, you know, I, I, I don't judge what God has promised to me by what happens to you. I mean, I love you, but if something bad happens to you, I'm not going to quit trusting God because you were so great. How could that happen to him? Well, I don't know his heart. I don't know. You don't know their heart. But God does. Amen. Because thou hast made, Psalm 91, because thou hast made. Because thou hast made. This gets personal. Because thou hast made. The Lord thy God, thy habitation, and under his wings thou art come to trust. Thou shalt not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. Amen. Nor the pestilence that wasted noonday. Nor the plague, for it shall not come nigh thy dwelling. A missionary to China was in an area where there was a plague. He was ordered to leave. But he felt God wanted him to stay. Now, you've got to know God. Don't be playing with this. You've got to have faith and know that you know that you know and know God's will in the matter. But he told them, bring in someone with the plague. Infect me with it. And if I don't get it, will you let me stay and minister? And they they thought, well, this is one way to get rid of him. (laughs) Can you say amen? You know what the Bible said? If you're in the will of God, if you drink any deadly, don't go out and drink a lie like some crazy people. Come on. Don't, Don't try to. That's not what it meant. When it said tread on serpents, don't go handling no snakes. I'm from Kentucky. Way back in some of those hollers, they used to, when my, my daddy told me about churches of snake handlers, they took that literally instead of spiritually. So they grabbed, and a lot of them got bit, and a lot of them died, trying to prove their faith by handling a poisonous serpent. <laughs> Remember the song about that? One song group made, they were in one of those snake handling churches, didn't know it until they brought the snakes out, and there was only one door in, and, it was, and they were standing in the middle of the aisle, and said, where's the, they, they asked the, they asked someone on with them, where, where, where's the back door? <laughs> they said, they said, there is no back door. He said, well, reckon where they want one. Can you say that? <laughs> we're, we're going out of here. They picked up literal snakes. Amen. We're talking about treading on serpents. We're not talking about literal 
physical snakes. We're talking about that old serpent, the devil. Amen. Because the Bible said that God has put him under our feet. Amen. That God has assaulted, uh, highly exalted Jesus, and we've been seated with him in heavenly places, and all things have been put under his feet. And we are the body of Christ and his members in particular. That means we're his mouth to speak, we're his hands to help, we're his feet to take the gospel, and not only that, it's to stomp on the head of the serpent. Can you say man? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Every time I start talking about faith, even to some ministers, they point out to me someone that is glorifying God in their circumstance. I commend that. I commend that. I, I, I thank God for those who are going through a circumstance and, and, and they're just praising God anyhow. That, that's a lot of faith. But if God has given you a promise, then He has purposed that for you. Or we wouldn't have promised it to you. Whereby, and we've got this kind of, we don't know what He wants. How can anyone have faith? How can the prayer of faith be prayed when we don't know what God wants? I got one of those butt calls the other day. You know what a butt call is? Somebody sat on their cell phone in their back pocket and it dialed one of those pre-numbers. Their button didn't say anything, thankfully, but anyway. I saw the call come in, so I called back. Sean has made several of those. told him put it somewhere else Sean put it somewhere else don't sit on it you've got pre-dialed numbers in there and it'll, it'll dial us and we'll, we'll hear crazy stuff no it ain't what you think although it is Sean so I mean you know we, he's not here we'll pick on him while he's gone there's a lady that attended our church 25 years ago. She didn't mean to call me. She didn't want to bother me. But God was in that call that was accidentally made. Because I called her back. And she said, I didn't mean to bother you, Brother Rimble. It's, it's okay. I, in other words, I don't want to bother you. It's been 25 years since I was in your church. I was a teenager in your church. Got baptized in your church. She said, I have a, an, an incurable disease. Since I have you on the phone, I will let, give a prayer request. And I thought, okay, this is divine appointment now. This is not an incidental, accidental call. She said, I have an incurable disease. Told me what it was. She said, and I went up for prayer Sunday morning. And my pastor started to pray for me for that. But he hesitated. He looked me in the eye and he said, did you ever stop to think that maybe you have this because God has some purpose in it? In other words, you maybe shouldn't be praying for God to heal you of it. It's going to debilitate her eventually. Eventually, it will destroy her. It's not one of those ca uh, cancer things that's in the fourth stage that's going to be quick. It's going to be progressive, and it's going to keep on progressing, and it will debilitate her in time and will destroy her before her time. But don't pray for it, because God may. And then now the, now the, now the smoke is in the room. You don't know what to believe for, because you don't know what God wants. That's why I love the Word of God. That's why I love the Word of God. I preached in Merritt Island, and, uh, and uh, God was moving around a, a, a Catholic community there. And we had six nuns come in their habits, amen, all dressed up in their attire. But they came to our evangelistic service in a Protestant church to hear the Word of God. And what was so impressive to me is they all carried notebooks and pencils. Amen. 
and pens. They wanted the Word of God as it was written. They wanted it declared. Amen. They were open to the Holy Spirit. They, know, they saw something that was, was different than just hearing uh, someone speak in Latin. Amen. God wants you to hear and know and understand. So they came with hungry hearts. And I remember declaring as we read the Word of God, I said, God's Word is His will. It is like rain that come down out of heaven that waters the earth and, and, and causes it and the snow that causes it to bring forth and to bud. So is the word that goeth forth out of my mouth, saith God. It will accomplish that that I desire, that I purpose, and it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Hallelujah. Amen. His word is His will. So find his word on it, and know his will in the matter. It doesn't have to be vague. It doesn't have to be shrouded in mystery. How can you believe when you pray when you don't know what God's will is? The Bible said in the last days, and especially, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here I am. I didn't want to disparage her pastor, discourage her in her pastor, but I said, but, but she said it for me. I didn't have to say a word. She said, but I know what you believe, Brother Ben. I said, I'm so glad. She said, all, after all of these years, I know where you stand on this matter. I said, thank God, I hope I'm standing where God stands on this matter. If there be any sick among you, is James 5.14 any less authoritative than John 3.16? Why do so many people have the faith to come to Christ? Because there's no, no one has ever presented John 3.16 like we present James 5.14. Same Bible, same Holy Spirit, same holy men moved by the Holy Spirit. Same authority, same integrity. What would happen if we said to a candidate for salvation who came under conviction and came down for prayer. What would happen if we began to pray with them and said, Lord, if it be thy will, save this poor, terrible, awful, bound up, blinded sinner, if it be thy will. Right now, there's, there's doubt. The seed of doubt has been planted. Amen. Well, why don't we pray that way? Because we know it's God's. It's not His will that any perish. So we do not mince words about it. We declare openly, if you will come to Christ, repent of your sin, you'll be saved. We're giving great authority to declare that. Amen. Whoever sins you remit shall be remitted. You're not priests in the sense of absolving them, but you are, are proclaimers, proclaiming the gospel. And when they do what is required in the gospel, you are authorized to tell them, that's it. You, you're, you, oh, my friends today, if we presented it with this mealy mouth, how could anyone have faith to believe for we're saved by grace through faith? They would go home wondering, am I really saved? Am I really ready to go to heaven? The Bible said in 1 John, I've written these things unto you that you might know you have eternal life. That you might what? No. My dad was in church his whole life. He lived to be 93 years old. I was his caregiver for the last three years of his life. He said, Bobby, I learned more. In the last three years than all the 90 years that I have lived. When we would sit on the couch, read the scriptures together. And finally, before he got, died, he got peace to believe that he was truly saved. He did not have that in, from the beginning of his, his coming to the Lord experience. He prayed, but no one assured him. He didn't have blessed assurance. He always wondered. The way he saw it was that you're on a scale. 
And your good works and your bad works can tip the balance one way or the other. So you strive to pile up enough good against the bad that you might make it. And yet it's not of works, lest any man should boast. No one will be in heaven because you did enough good things to deserve it. You'll only be there because he did something on the cross in your behalf. That doesn't mean you don't have good works to confirm that. But that's not what saves you. What saves you is the blood of Jesus. Can you say man? And thank God I could get him to the cross. Remember I told you the story. He got his, his foundations were in a Pentecostal movement that was emphasizing works. The way you wore your hair. I was on radio in Merritt Island. It was a particular Pentecostal organization on the station. And I was inviting people to the revival, preaching a message on radio. I had on a three-quarter, what do they call it, when it comes to your elbow? It's not really a short sleeve. It wasn't a muscle shirt. I didn't have any muscles back then. Anyway, saw a muscle shirt the other day. said, I, I flexed and my sleeves fell off. It just couldn't handle the, the expansion. That was not me. But I had on that kind of shirt. And the disc jockey, or, or the, whoever it was, he's, he's the one that talks in between songs and presents people. And he's part of this Pentecostal organization, which I am Pentecostal, full gospel, crazy-matic, you know, all the above. Amen. And he said, he said, they wouldn't let me preach in a short-sleeved shirt. And it took me back because we're on radio. And whatever the standard is for your ministers is one thing when you're in public and people are looking at you, but we're on radio. I don't wear this when I go to church. I'll have my button down, you know. I'll be whatever it is required. But I know that it's not what I look like on the outside that allows the anointing to flow. It's who I am and what I am on the inside. But he was he was in. T- he thought, boy, I don't know. He said, I was, I was at a camp meeting, one of our camp meetings, one of our conferences, and I was in charge of, of selling the books after the service was over, and I was in a booth outside the big building, and it was 95 degrees. And he said, I unbuttoned my collar, took off my tie, unbuttoned my collar, because I'm just selling books out here, and I'm sweating through my coat. And I rolled my sleeves up to my elbow and said, our district overseer came by and he said, I want those sleeves to the wrist and buttoned. I want that tie right back where it's supposed to be. And I want you buttoned up here because you represent. And, you know, told him about what he represented. And I thought, wow, what, what kind of holiness is this? Amen. I've heard of something like that in Scripture. Amen. You clean up the outside. He called them whited sepulchers. You clean up the outside, but the inside is full of dead men's bones. You can't get clean enough on the outside to take the place of being sanctified on the inside. Amen. But when you get sanctified on the inside, it's going to work its way to the outside. And you are going to try to to be different from this world that wants to run naked if they could down the street anyway god is good today say it with me god is good fear not don't be afraid take ye the whole armor of god it means recognize that you have an adversary and you have to resist him the way i told you to and you have to have armor spiritually to defeat him Because he does go about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I heard one preacher one time, he told the true story. He said, every time I went out to preach, he was a pastor evangelist. He said, every time I went somewhere, my kids got sick. Every time I went somewhere, one of them got sick. I have four children and one of them got sick. My wife would call, I I, I need you. We've done everything. We've been to the doctors and outpatients. They couldn't find anything. They're still sick. Don't know what to do. You've got to come home. I'd have to break up a meeting and go home. He said, so, so I got so tired of it, I knew the devil 
was trying his best through my family to to keep me from fulfilling my calling and I went home every time but there's got to be some victory here amen so he said I began to claim the scripture quote the scripture and just so his kids would understand he said kids he said he said listen and he had just quoted revelation uh, chapter 12 amen <laughs> where it said <laughs> It said they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. He said, I'm declaring that the blood of Jesus Christ is, is, a, is a standard uh, against the enemy, uh, hurting my family and hindering the ministry through it. So he said, kids, I want you to grab hold of my belt loop. And I want you to grab hold of each other's belt loop or shirt tail. He said, let's go. He said, we're going to make a train and we're going to make a track all around our property. And he said, here we go. Are y'all ready? Quoted the scripture, prayed, said, I put the blood, I put the blood, I put the blood. Now listen, this is not a formula. This is just what he did to express his faith and to get his children to believe with him. I put the blood. How many believe the apply? How many believe pleading the blood is a biblical reality? That you can plead the merit. Oh, there's a lot of people... That would disagree with you today. But I believe pleading the blood is clear in scriptures. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Concerning what? The blood and its efficacy and its efficiency and its accomplishment in our behalf. Hallelujah. If they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, we can overcome by the blood of the lamb. We who are washed in that precious blood. I put the blood, 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 until they finished the whole thing. And he said, I went back on my evangelistic efforts, and I never had to come home again because of my sick children. Well, sometimes you can't argue with results. Can you say, man, you can express your theology all day long. I'm healed. I'm not going to give my, my healing because there's a movement today that says all of those miracles are over. I'm not going to concede that God don't because He does. And I don't just preach it. I model it. And then He told the story after that victory. He said, you know, He said, I believe Satan and his demons come down the street looking for houses that he knows he has access to and families he knows he can harm. Because he says, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he says, you know, he said, they come to a house, say, yeah, we can go in there. They got a welcome mite out. They're filled with fear. Ain't no faith in there. Doors wide open. Compromised lives. Don't believe the Word of God. Don't stand on Just go to church and hope for the best. He said, but when they come to our address, and his demons say, let's go in there. Let's go in there. Let's go in there and hurt them. And Satan said, uh-uh. No. No. There's no point in trying to get in there. I myself have tried to get in there and got run clean out. He said, we're going to have to let that one alone. We're going to have to let that one alone. I don't know about you, but I would like to have the kind of faith, the kind of armor, the kind of relationship with God that I'm not always defeated by the devil. Amen. Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil. What does he do? Does he continue over top of God? Remember when my wife said it seemed kind of funny to her? If you've got a God this great that you would be intimidated by that man out there and the powers that he represents, isn't God greater in us? Doesn't the scripture says greater is he? Greater is he? Greater is he? Is he greater? Hallelujah. Then he that's in the world. You've got to get a new concept of God. If this God who is that great says, I am with you and I am within you. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Hallelujah. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. Shut the door. Leave the devil in the night. Hallelujah. Though this young lady said to make a long story longer, 
Brother Vimble, I know where you stand. I said, well, I don't want to say anything to put me between you and your pastor. But I would, I would never refuse to pray for you and sow a seed of doubt in you in God's promise and His Word by telling you when you came for prayer, maybe God doesn't want to help you or heal you. That is not to say there's a time to be born, there's a time to die. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if God gave you a promise, He had purposed it before He promised it or He would have never said it. But hath He not said it? And shall He not do it? Amen. You see, if we presented salvation like we present the... the healing no one would get saved because there would be no faith to be saved people would live bound by fear their whole life amen but listen to me amen james 5 14 if there be any sick among you let them call the elders of the church there's where your faith begins to be activated when you call for prayer <laughs> hallelujah you're saying i believe that god has is going to help me i believe that god is going to heal me and i told her i said listen i would never pur- purposely come between you and your preacher but you know as you said where i stand i stand where the word of god stands his word is his will let it stand let it stand faith comes by hearing and hearing by not what someone speculates or surmises it comes by hearing the word of the eternal god heaven's going to pass away earth is going to pass away but his word is going to abide forever preach the word timothy Stir up that gift and preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. But preach the word. Hallelujah. If there be any sick among you, let them call the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise them up. That's why I'm healed of cancer today. Because I was in a church that believed that. I believed that. And I received that. As your faith be, so be it unto you. I would never attend a church that didn't teach the Word of God as it stands so I could have faith to believe. I wouldn't go there for the choir. I wouldn't go there for the fellowship. I wouldn't go there for that kind of reason. I would go for the Word of God, and a man is not going to tell me like it said. Even the sin stuff. I don't want sin to reign in me. I don't want the welcome mat out for the demons and the devil. I want the door shut. I want it barred. I want to live in victory. My son knows, Alan, he knows what I stand for. He's seen God raise up his daddy. He's seen me go through trials. He knows all the hardships. He's a PK. He grew up in the pastor's house. Amen. They asked me to write an article for pastors to be published wherever all pro-pastors goes. (laughs) You know, two or three paragraphs. I, I don't know if I can write two or three paragraphs. You understand, I talk longer than two or three paragraphs. Anyway, it's going to be the hardest part. Help me condense. (laughs) Amen. How to live in the fishbowl without drowning. What a title. Makes me want to read it myself. You're a pastor, everybody's looking at you. You're a pastor, everybody's looking at your wife. You're a pastor, everybody's looking at your kids. They're looking at your clothes. They're looking and they're listening and everything is... Always under the microscope. And I hope when they see my humanity, they appreciate the fact that God could use somebody like me. Hallelujah. That He still has confidence in me. And He still has confidence in you. Not because of you or me, but because of His Spirit that He's put within us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take you the whole armor of God. Let me finish this. It's almost done. We're almost done. I'm with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will, and this is all in, in the affirmative. It's, it's, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee. Everybody say God's right-handed. 
you're about to find out that God is right-handed. I'm a lefty, but God is a righty. Listen to it. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. I looked up the word uphold in the Hebrew. And it doesn't mean to, uh, and I need, I need somebody to, can you help me illustrate this? It's going to be hard because you're so big and I'm so small. To uphold, no, you're too big. <laughs> because what I, what, there's nobody little enough for me to show this to. Brother Taylor? No, then I'd have to pick a lady up, and maybe that's not appropriate. <laughs> Can you pick me up? No, I don't want you to hurt your back and sue. Anyway, let, let me show you what this is. Let me show you what this is. Here's what we think of up over. Just put your arm around me. It's nothing personal. I want you to know that right now. Put your, now, uh, now stand right beside me and let me slump. Now, this is what most people see when they see the word uphold. I am weak. Remember the song? I am weak, but thou art strong. True. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not what this word is saying. Because what he's doing is adding his strength to my strength. Where's the weakness in this? Where's the weak area in this whole thing? It's me. It's me. I'm being upheld. That's not the word. I'm, I'm, as long as he holds me up, props me up, I can make it. No, that's, he, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we think or ask. You can be seated. Now let me show you what this means. I will, everybody say scoop up, from the ground, I will uphold thee. Remember footprints? I wish I'd come up with that cute little poem. Because it has so, somebody became a millionaire with footprints. Because it's so related to all of us. If you're with me, why is there only one set of footprints in the sand? You said you'd never leave me. Why is there only one set of footprints in the sand? Because sometimes we feel like God is way up there and we're way down here. And, 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 and so this questioning soul is saying, if you're with me, why is there only one set of footprints? And of course, the Lord lets him get, vent and get it all out. And then he answered and said, because I am carrying you. And that's what it means when it said, thou shalt be born be upon eagles' wings to the nation of Israel. Amen. The mama eagle teaches the young eagle to fly, not by saying sink or swim and throwing them out of the nest, but letting them begin to drop, swooping down under them and taking them right back up until they learn how to ride the currents of the wind. Thou shalt be born upon eagle's wings. Hallelujah. I will uphold thee. That means when you have no strength, you don't need any. When all of your strength is spent, you don't need it at all. And he don't need it to help him to sustain you. I will uphold you means I will suspend you, pick you completely up. I will carry you. Thou shalt be born upon eagles' wings. If God carries you, you're not going to burn out. If God carries you, you're not going to give out. If God is carrying you, you're going to make it. Amen. If you're still trying to make it on your own without that kind of support from the Lord, amen, you're depending on the power of the Holy Spirit within you instead of the grace of God beneath you. Underneath, where God knew you needed to be supported, are the everlasting arms. Why are they underneath? Because He can't uphold you unless He gets down and scoops you up. I see Christians, I burned out. I went through nervous exhaustion. I was diagnosed that every organ in my body was in danger of shutting down, including my heart. Because he wasn't carrying me. And I was relying 
Oh, my strength, my ability. I, I prayed to Him, but I didn't fully trust in Him. Because you've got to trust somebody to let them pick you up. Can you say amen? You've got to trust they're going to do it, and you've got to trust they're not going to drop you when they get you up. And you've got to give the things that's bothering you so much to God. I discovered this before I knew the principle because my son was deep into alcohol and to drug abuse, playing with a band in bars all over Florida. And he was getting migraine headaches, and he was taking gobs of aspirin, and he began to bleed internally. He began to spit blood, cough up blood, and to pass blood. Ended up in the emergency room of the hospital, and they called me in the wee hours, called our home, and said, your son is here. And they told me, he's spitting blood, he's passing blood, and they want to do an emergency upper GI and see what's going on in his stomach, where all the blood is coming from. And they called me back before I could leave for the hospital and said, sir, when we left the room, he left the hospital. And the devil came to me that night, and I was tired, I was wore out, and I'm getting this kind of report. And the devil literally screamed, I am going to kill your son tonight. He's going to drive off somewhere, and he's going to lay down in the seat and bleed to death. And I will have won. And I couldn't stand and do what I normally wanted to do and that's a devil you're not i'm claiming a word I, no i i crumpled it's my son and i crumpled i remember handing my wife the phone because i couldn't stand up i got weak all over and it wasn't just because what the devil said but what the circumstance was communicating this was happening and i said lord because here's where i need to be upheld by the right hand of his righteousness. I said, Lord, I give my son to you. I give my son to you right now. I give my son his physical body, his life, his soul. I give my son to you. I can't find him. I can't physically help him. He won't let them doctors help him. The devil says he's going to kill him, but I give him to you. I give him to you right now. So for the devil to harm him from this point, he's going to have to take him from your hands, not mine. And I felt my... Don't know what's going to happen, but know with full assurance, God is in control. I have that peace in my heart. Whatever happens, God is in control. Not the devil, not the circumstance, not even me who can't do anything about it. God is in control. Amen. Well, my son did not die that night. Amen. He had a hard night and a bad night and he passed a lot of blood, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't lose consciousness. He didn't pass away. He got better. And one day he walked in a motel room through while prayer was being offered for him. Amen. And, and God has him. Amen. He walked into a motel room. He got there late. Everybody had already done some drugs. They had left the stove on in an efficiency. And it was over 90 degrees in the room. And they were too out of it to know it. And he said, Dad, it was, I knew it all along that I was doing wrong. But he said, suddenly, it was like a light came on. A light came on. Like a light bulb flashed and a light came on and said, You don't belong here. This is not what you're supposed to be. This is not who you are. You do not belong in this circumstance and this place. Listen, God is on the throne. And He will uphold thee with the right hand of His righteousness. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Can you say, man, I'll help you. I will deliver you. I will sustain you. I will hear your prayer. I will answer it. Hallelujah. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. They that strive with thee shall perish. 
Thou shalt seek them and not find them, even them that contend with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm here today because He upholds me. And you're still here because He upholds you. Can you say man? And you can rest in the full assurance that God is in control. So this young lady, now middle-aged lady, that grew up in our church and was baptized in our church and knew what we stood for, I said it was no accident that we are connected. This is divine appointment. And I said... I will pray for you if you would like. And she said, please do. I said, I believe God wants to help you, dear lady. For every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, not even a shadow of turning. Whatever he was, he is, and he always will be. The world changes, the church changes, people change, circumstances change, but God remains the same. Jesus Christ, the same, forever and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever, this same Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord God of Israel changes not. And I prayed the prayer of faith. And I'm expecting a good report.